it's easy for us to be like, yeah, Christians are the problem. Just look at Westboro Baptist. Don't do that. Say Christians are the people are the problem and look in the mirror. Where am I Mm -hmm. impeding the gospel message in my own life and circle of influence? Where am I in need of God's redemption and healing and restoration so that I can be a better model to that in the world that I live in? This is Study with Friends, a weekly dive into the answers and questions we find in the Bible, in the church, and in the broader Christian faith. I'm Paige, and this week we are continuing our look at apologetics and evangelism as Holly and Kathy continue to discuss Holly's book and accompanying video series, Searching for God. Study with Friends uses long-form programming, and this episode is a part of a series. You can get the rest of the episodes, learn more about the guests in this series, about the resources we provide, and about the larger work we are doing at studywithfriends.org. There's a great quote from Mark Middleberg at the beginning of chapter 20. And this is a quote from the video, so you can see it in the video or you can listen to it here. Uh, Mark says, you look at many different religious leaders and they would teach methods of getting closer to God. They'd teach rules they teach laws, but ultimately it came down to what we needed to do in order to move ourselves toward being better people, move ourselves toward being closer to God, like what you said, Kathy. Mm -hmm. Jesus came and really did the opposite. In some ways, it was disheartening because the message of Christianity is we all fall short. We can never lift ourselves up by the bootstraps. We can never earn our way. There's a famous verse that says we all fall short of God's standards. That's Romans 3.23. And so that's the bad news. That's bad news. Mm -hmm. We say that Christianity is good news, but you got to deal with the bad news first. Right. The good news is Jesus said, I came to lay down my life as a ransom. You think of a ransom, you pay a ransom to free a captive. Well, we were captives to our sin and Jesus did for us what no other religious leader ever did or even claimed to do. He made the payment in full. So Christianity recognizes the fundamental problem with us and goes deeper than even our outward behavior. He paid the price in full. Luke 6, 45 says, A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And what what that means in the context of what we're talking about is we all have that in us. Mm-hmm. Um, What Mark is saying is, and this is the really the message of Christianity, nobody, people don't want to deal with the bad news first. Um, And so the good news can't be good if you're not, if you don't really understand the bad news. And Mark does a great job of 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 explaining the bad news. And I want to go to, um, I'm skipping through a couple chapters here. But I think there are um, three problems, well, really four, four problems, that people have that interfere with their ability to accept and embrace the good news of Christ paying the price for our sin. Um, the first problem is the problem with need. The problem with me needing that solution and it sounds to me like you were expli- you were describing some people in your life who really have a problem with number 1 with the need mm-hmm. for anything outside of myself 
to solve my problems. Does that resound with you? Yeah, absolutely. I, I grew up in a house like that. So I have a brilliant father. And not only is he brilliant, but he can fix anything. And he helps the family. He had he was he was essentially the patriarch in our family, and not just my portion of the family, but my my mother's sisters. Mm. So he became the patriarch essentially for everyone. My mom grew up with a whole bunch of sisters, and um, so he he helped them with things in their house. He helped them with finances, things like that. And so that was the house I grew up in. So you always just figured it out. And because he was so smart, he found a way to figure out everything that he needed. Mm -hmm. And that leads to a problem with need. What do you need if you can figure everything out? Yeah. What, if you, what do you need if you left your house at 18 and developed a really good life mm -hmm. with good kids going to a good school? Yeah. And there's beauty in that. Yeah. However... It also leads you to believe that you can fix everything. Mm -hmm. The bootstraps thing. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I think that there is definitely a generation that did that, which is, again, an amazing thing that people were able to do. And we created an amazing United States. And and yeah. yet it leaves a hole. Yeah. Because I, then you just go, oh, these are some really great rules yeah. to if maintain. If you work harder, if you try harder, yep. if you... It's a bootstraps. Yep. And you the person I was need... talking to you about was from that generation. Mm -hmm. He's in his 60s. He is in that generation that he did everything on his own. Mm -hmm. And um, and while I there's beauty to it, it's right. You don't need anybody. Mm -hmm. There's no need. Yeah. Um, so Mike Sherrard uh, says, part of the challenge in our culture with the gospel is even if someone says, yeah, he died on the cross for my sins, we live again in a pluralistic, relativistic culture where a lot of people don't have a great understanding even of what sin is anymore. Mm -hmm. They don't think they're bad. Mm-hmm. They don't think they've done anything wrong. So this idea of Jesus dying on the cross, it's just this thought, this idea, it's not an actual fulfillment right. of a desire. And I think on um, one of the other episodes, we talked about generational differences with how the gospel lands. Mm -hmm. um, I think I said, uh, I, w I should have sourced it. Uh, there's a new study that indicates that um, Generation Z, Gen Z, uh, which is our kids' generation, actually is quite comfortable and understands the need uh, because they are so aware of sin. Mm -hmm. What they don't embrace is biblical ethics. So uh, our parents' generation does not necessarily embrace the need. Our parents' generation is bootstraps mm -hmm. people. And I think probably our generation is a certain amount of in between both yeah. of those places because we raised the generation that believes differently. Mm -hmm. um, I think one of the things uh, that we do cover in the book is the backfiring of the self-esteem movement. Um, and, and so I think we have a generation that's after us who understands like, no, not everybody is great and not everything is great. Yeah. And, um, and so uh, it's, I think it's important for us to be generationally informed, mm -hmm. but not generationally assumptive. And so what I mean by that is by virtue of someone being a certain age, we can make some guesses as to how they were raised in the, the uh, 
foundational truths that they were told and really cl- cling to. But but we shouldn't make assumptions. Yeah. Like we should ask those questions. Mm-hmm. Like tell me about how you overcome difficulty. Yeah. And those are questions, again, just asking questions is very disarming. And once we ask the questions, we can begin to deconstruct um, where where they lie. Um, bootstrappers are hard. They think that they don't need any help. But um, there are ways in there. Um, I guess I would... Well, I'm going to talk about that when we talk about the resurrection. Mm -hmm. But I guess I'll project to, um, I think, a helpful way to um, talk to a bootstrapper is, what are your thoughts on eternity? What are your thoughts after death? Because that's the person who is thinking to themselves what we all have to examine, which is how much was good enough. Mm -hmm. Right. And Did if, my good if, outweigh my if bad? If you believe so in life yeah. after death, if you believe there is yeah. something that happens after you die, if you don't, then we got to go all the way back to <laughs> naturalism, yep. Kathy. Yeah. But if you do, then then I think it's okay to say to that bootstrapper, "Tell me about um, what you think happens to us after we die, and how much was good enough? How do you know?" That's I think an opening with a bootstrapper because a bootstrapper is someone who is constantly measuring Mm -hmm. did I get there did I get there do I need to find my bootstraps again yeah um so that's just a yep just a thought um yeah so so the need um Donald Williams also says Christ offers us something that we wish we didn't need Uh which is forgiveness of sin so that's the sticking point yeah we don't want to need it we don't want to admit it and the the especially relativism and pluralism really circle around that. Like mm-hmm. everybody's fine. Mm-hmm. We don't need any dramatic radical salvation thing. Everybody's fine. We're all doing our best, and that's good enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So what? Anything else on the problem of need? Because what you talked about was the bootstrapper. Yeah. Um, what I talked a little bit about is pluralism and relativism being the panacea, the, the blanket that covers and washes away, puts everything in the gray. Um, what are some other ways that, are there any other ways that you can think of No, people? not that I can think of it, have manifested, no. Okay. Then let's talk about the problem with free. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Okay, so we talk about d- Jesus died on the cross for our sins it was a free gift Mm -hmm. of god um we are people who like to work for what we get and believe that we can work for um rewards and we live in a culture that Mm -hmm. that's true of and really a world where that's true you know um so free does not compute like there's no such thing as a free lunch um have you run into any people who yes. you think that? Okay, <laughs> I laugh because give it to me. These things. So uh, a few people have run into. So the church I used to go to, um, was a, a little more to do church, and they had a coffee service. So they would have coffee that would be available when you would walk in, and everyone would go and congregate around the coffee. <laughs> and uh, why are they serving coffee? What are they trying to sell me? 
And I'm like, no, we're just serving coffee. People like coffee, enjoy <laughs> coffee. And it was always a, it, it can't suspicious. be free. Nothing it's suspicious. Free. So yeah. if they're serving coffee. There's no such coffee, thing as a free lunch. Right. They're trying to convert me and get me to agree. It's a sneak with attack. Their, right. They're trying to get me to sign the papers. I'm not signing the papers. I'm not taking <laughs> your coffee. What and papers? I'm telling you. It's so, and of course, I'm, Oh, the secret I'm society inside. of signing Christian papers. Right. Got it. Right. Yes. You know those Christian, <laughs> it says, I'm going to give you all my money and, oh, and yeah. donate to your church. Those papers. And it just is funny because I can chuckle about it from the outside looking in, but the people who came had real issue with it. Yes. In, in their hearts, Skeptic. they said, they are trying to get me mm-hmm. with free coffee mm. because nothing's free. Yeah. If yeah. it seems too good to be true, it is. Right. Mm-hmm. Which... That's a skeptic's, yeah, pessimist's outlook. And there's a lot of reason to regard the world that way mm-hmm. because of sin. Right. Because a lot of people are out to get you. Yep. And a lot of schemes are going to be hurtful to you. And there are good reasons to, bu- to be skeptical and wary of something that seems free or good. Um, yeah, my family, we had an older man in our life. And he really embraced the free. He's passed away now, but he used to call it FOC, free of charge. Mm -hmm. So he would go to the bank every morning and sit and read his paper and drink their free coffee. He's like, it's FOC. (laughs) It was good. He was (laughs) like, if they want to bring it, they were friendly with him and... And did they want him to have an account? And but he was like, "Yeah, but I'm gonna just take the coffee okay. and read my paper and then go." Um. So I find that lovely that mm-hmm. he was just very comfortable with it. It's free, and um, I'm not gonna participate in whatever it is that they're trying yeah. to whatever. Uh, but most people mm-hmm. don't wouldn't do that. That's why we find that adorable. Yeah, that, that old man did that, and he was so comfortable with FOC. <laughs> Um, it is something that we even as Christians when we embrace and try to live into the truth of the good news which is that Jesus nothing I can do Mm -hmm. earned it I can't earn it now that it's done and I've accepted it like we still we still can sometimes get jammed up in I'm not being a good Christian. Yeah, I didn't definitely. do all the things you actually talked about it a moment ago. You're like, I struggle with that and people are better yeah. than me at that. And so I, it's very human nature yeah. to really not be able to assimilate the idea of free in the salvation right. that Jesus offers. Yeah. Like there's gotta be a catch. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So that's, that's one of the other problems mm-hmm. that people have with the gospel. Now we come into one of the big ones, mm-hmm. the, the problem of Jesus. <laughs> so uh, William Lane Craig, who I'm a huge fan of, is uh, he has a quote here that says, apart from Christ and his sacrificial death on our behalf, there just isn't anybody else who has paid the penalty for our wrongdoing. There are only two people, two persons, who can pay the moral pen- penalty for your wrongs, either you or Jesus And so if you reject Jesus and his payment, then there's no one left to pay the penalty but yourself. And that's plain. Yeah. And even if we admit that we have a need, um, 
you know, we talked again about bootstraps and like shake it off, dig yeah. deep. Yeah. Right? Uh, you probably say that in fitness class. I do. Dig. <laughs> um, we still have a problem with Jesus because even if we even if we say I do have a need, we want to fill that need on our own. Yeah. Yeah, just thinking about the prideful person, right? Because again, nature and nurture. So thinking about the prideful person, I don't want anyone else to pay my debts for me. Mm-hmm. If yeah. I created that debt, yeah. It's not honorable for me to let somebody Right. Pay. Mm-hmm. I need to fix that debt. So my goods need to outweigh my bads. Yep. And this is also why I cover my bads because I don't want I people probably, to see them. Well, I don't want anyone to see them, and I probably can't really fulfill them if I'm honest about how deep that they really the run. Debts. Mm-hmm. So then I really can't fulfill them, and I can't do enough good. So I'm. So it leads into that hiding mm-hmm. portion of my sin as well. So it's this never-ending circle, right? Yeah. I, I, I want to pay my own, but I also recognize that I probably can't, so then I need to hide what they really are. So, so this, this distinguishes one and three, the, the, the problem with need and the problem with Jesus. They, they distinguish things a little bit because in, in, when we were talking about the problem with need, we mixed up these bootstrappers a little bit. Yeah. Then the problem with need is a lot of people do feel like I'm, I'm a good person. That's where the problem with need is. Yeah. I'm a good person. The problem with Jesus is the bootstrapper. Mm-hmm. If I, if I need something, I'm going to take care of it myself. Yeah. So the problem with need being, I, I'm a good person. I don't kill anybody. I mm-hmm. don't rob. Mm-hmm. They always hit those nets. I know. They are the I winners. Don't, you know, <laughs> I've never killed anybody. I always say I'm really, really good at not killing someone. <laughs> I'm super good at that commandment. I'm very good yeah. at not killing someone. But Jesus would say, even, <laughs> even if you kill right. them in your heart, even That's if you're true. angry in your heart, you've killed them. So, um, <laughs> so we're really not as good at that yeah, as, yeah. as we even think. Um, so the need is I'm a good enough person. Mm-hmm. Relativism, pluralism, the gray, the washed out, the watered down, what is right, what is wrong, what is truth. We just want to wash all mm-hmm. that and say, it's all fine. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's the problem with need. And then the problem with Jesus is if I have a need, I'll take care of it myself. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Okay. Um, then we talked about... Um, well, in the book, we talk about the self-esteem movement. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another little cartoon in there, which I love. It's a young person with a parent lo- or guardian <laughs> looking at the report. It says report card on it. And, and the young person says, may I remind you that my core worth as a human being remains constant and isn't tied to ex- external validation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The, the, you know, we have these measurements Mm -hmm. and we don't always meet them. Yep. And it's then that we want to say my core worth isn't tied to the measurements, but we love the measurements. Yeah. So it's a shifty little thing. Um, More about the need, Jesus, free. Okay. Then we have the problem with us. Um. Oh, this one's hard. So um, when I say the problem with us, I mean Christians. Mm -hmm. And I'll spend a lot of time on this in the book, but we have spent some time on it in the, in the episodes. We are, we are a, Christians are a flawed delivery system. Yeah. 
So um, the problem with us means it is Christians who spread the gospel. And we're a mess. Mm-hmm. And we do, we do hurtful things. We hurt people. The church hurts people. Um, I feel like every day you see another pastor who's involved in a scandal. There's uh, re- religious or uh, ministry leaders who fall from the pedestal that they've been put on or put themselves on. Um, and so we have this problem which is that humans are the ones who are talking about this gift and yet we're not living it out. Mm -hmm. Like you were saying so many ways that we're just not living it out. And um, I really appreciate you being vulnerable in the ways that you, you're like, yeah, that person does that better than me. And I, I, I try to, you know, I just talked about being defensive and how I'm a mess in that way. Like when I'm defensive, I'm not, a super good witness to the gospel yeah. of Jesus Christ. Yes. In fact, I'm a bad one. And um, and so that's a, a big problem. We've talked a lot about it in this series about how we really have to get out of God's way. Mm-hmm. Um, but in order to do that, we, we might need to do some work on ourselves. Um, it's easy for us to be like, yeah, Christians are the problem. Just look at Westboro Baptist. Don't right. do that. Right. Say Christians are the people yeah. are the problem and look in the mirror. Where am I mm-hmm. impeding the gospel message in my own life and circle of influence? Where am I in need of God's redemption and healing and restoration so that I can be a better model to that in the world that I live in? The tiny world. Mm-hmm. You know, not like we're not all on a stage or a global, like most of us aren't. Right. Most of us are working in a high school or working at a job and just trying to day on day not mess up the yeah. witness of Christ in our lives and nine times out of ten failing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we, we can't go through all the problems with the gospel without saying that Christians are part of the problem. Yeah. <laughs> I know that sounds messed up. No, and, and I agree with it. And I want to give a little bit of grace to it because that's part of our faith, right? Part of our faith is, is that we don't have a standard of black and white rules that we're supposed to follow and that it should just look, every Christian should look a certain way, right? Mm-hmm. That we should dress a certain way and we should speak a certain way and we should, right? We don't have that list because Jesus gives us the freedom to not have that list. And yet in this, so, so that leads to some of our internal stuff flowing out mm-hmm. and being wrong. Mm-hmm. And in the same way, I, I appreciate what you said. We need to look in the mirror. We cannot, it, our humility in admitting our flaws to other people is part of what Jesus gives us the ability to do Yes, and to not stand on that ground of black and white rules and say, you know, well, I'm supposed to be doing, or as a Christian, all you have to do is do this list of 10 things. And I do this list of 10 things, mm-hmm. you know, being vulnerable and saying, I have screwed this up with people. One of the people I read, and it, it also may have been Paul Tripp, but I remember he, he had mentioned that in his first couple of years of ministry, he said, I screwed up all the time. I said mean and terrible things to people in an effort to get them to love Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we have all done it. We have all been there, but we need to recognize it and we need to be honest about it to ourselves and to others. Yeah. And I think there's beauty in that because uh, we can be like, well, you're right. That, ch- that church mm-hmm. totally screwed up, but our church is doing it mm-hmm. perfectly. No, they're not. No. No. No, they're not. 
Uh, no. Right. <laughs> and we need to be open about that and okay with it yeah. that, that we mess up. And, and you're right. You've seen Christians do bad things. Yep. So have I. So have I. And there's some harshness to it. This program is produced by Study with Friends. Learn more about us at studywithfriends.org and sign up there for email devotionals or download our Bible studies for free. If you are blessed by our work, please consider supporting our ministry with a donation. We believe in the local church. Please find a congregation where you can plug in and experience all aspects of the Christian life. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time when we study with friends.